Hello and welcome to An Unknown Adventure, both podcast and YouTube. I am your host, Kimberly Ann, also known as K.A. This is the first episode in season two of the podcast, and it's still episode number 48. This season will focus on van life, since that's what I am currently doing. I'll tell you why and how I started as well as answer all the questions that I've been asked, like, where do you poop and how do you shower? And if you followed van life for even half a second, you'll know that these are the most common questions and you'll probably know the answers. Although I will say that where do you poop is different for each person, usually. In each episode, I'm going to do a little bit of a check-in. I'll tell you where I'm currently at in the country, what I've seen, and uh, these will be available on my podcast and on YouTube. But if you're watching on YouTube, please know that there will be minimal, minimal, maybe none sometimes editing because that is my favorite, my favorite, my least favorite thing to do. I really hate editing. So that's that. And I'll try to keep each episode between 20 and 30 minutes or less. Maybe I'm a talker and it's going to be a challenge for me, but also increase the speed and then I'll talk really fast and it'll be over sooner and you'll still get all the information. This episode will focus on who I am and why I'm doing this plus my update. So here goes. As previously stated, my name is Kimberly Ann. I am a born and raised Californian. It's true. And I am a happy, proud 55-year-old woman. Now, I had never left California. I had traveled. I have traveled all over the world, but I had never lived anywhere outside of California until six months ago when I moved into my van. What happened today is what I'm going to start with because it's it freaked me out. <laughs> it freaked me out. I am in, where am I? Charleston. No. Yeah. Charleston. I'm going fast. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Yesterday, I was in Hilton Head, and the day before, I was in Savannah, Georgia, So, which I loved. So I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. It's you know on my list. I'm really excited. I've parked gorgeous area. I'm facing the water and just just it's just a beautiful, beautiful area where I am next to a park. And so I get out in the morning and I walk the dog. Here's the dog right here. If you can I'll show you the dog. Sorry for the people on the podcast who cannot see the dog. But I'm walking the dog and walking down the river or it's not a river, it is the ocean. And I'm walking down uh, the sidewalk and I see a Confederate flag. And I'm like, that's not a Confederate flag. Is that a conf? No, that can't, no, yes. It was a flipping Confederate flag. And there was like a guy, there, was a, there were a bunch of, you know, old white men. And one was dressed as Robert E. Lee, Robert E. Lee, and they're screaming about how they're honoring their ancestors. And I, I was, I was shocked. I was shocked. I was, I, I was speechless. I was me. And, um, you know, you don't know me, but for people who do know me, I am rarely, if ever rendered speechless and I was speechless. And I saw protesters on the other side of the street holding up signs 
And so I crossed the street and joined them. And I hung out with them for um, probably a little over an hour. I talked to them. I talked to people who were passing by. Um, I talked to a bunch of people who are from the South, um, one woman and her daughter from Georgia. And everyone was shocked. And now I've I've posted already a, a little bit of, you know, a little snippet on Instagram and my Facebook and people responded my friends in california well, what do you expect you're in the south or you know this is how the rest of the country is and it's not it's not this is not how the rest of the country is there are people like that everywhere all over the u.s and even in california my father is one of them so and i no longer speak to him because of that well that's just part of the reason but there are people there are people who are haters and racist just just outright racist and horrible, just in my opinion, horrible people all over, all over the world. But most, I, I, from my understanding, most do not gather every single Sunday or one day out of every week to fly their flag, their racist flag. So I was shocked. The police were called. And apparently they did this every Sunday. Uh, the police were called. At first, the, the policeman was on the side of the racists and said that he was going to arrest everybody on the other side or arrest us if we crossed the street. I mean, it was really crazy. And then the protesters called the racists, uh, the, the, the cops superior, and he showed up and made the other cop leave and stood with us and explained whatever the ordinances and laws were um, surrounding the whole issue. And it had to do with um, not the ordinances, but the whole their whole reasoning for being out there was five years ago was the church shooting where uh, they killed nine people. A, a racist man, a white uh, supremacist killed nine people. And then so the Confederate flag was removed. I, I don't know where it was removed from. And these this group of people white nationalists felt that that was not okay and so they've been protesting um or you know whatever whatever you call it for five years every sunday yeah so anyway that's my update so weird really weird um i did walk through a uh, part of downtown charleston i keep getting mixed up with charlotte which is totally different it's also in South Carolina, but different place. Or is it in North Carolina? See, I'm a Californian. I know that nothing. And I'm I'm okay. I'm okay actually saying that because all three of my followers don't care. So I, yeah, I walked around downtown and I really, I really liked it. It was a little too crowded for me. And so I ended up leaving. I bought these false eyelashes, which are awesome and super hard to see in and wear, but I'm very, very excited about them. And I talked to a bunch of people and, and got a little bite to eat and walked around for a couple hours. And I'm going to go back out tomorrow when it's less crowded. And then I will report back again. So there we go. That was the update. Uh, the van life part. I have been on the road for six months straight, and I'm finally getting the hang of it and I no longer hate it. And that's a pretty big deal. And for anybody who does know me, um, you'll know that I have hated it every step of the way. And there are a lot of reasons that I've hated it. And should I go into those now or no, I think I will go into those later because right now I'll just focus on the how and why I am here. 
and the fact that I no longer hate it. Well, I won't focus on that, but I will say that. So literally it's taken me six months to just get the hang of it, to not, you know, uh, bump my head or constantly, I still bump my head or misplace items or not understand how everything works or to get comfortable, just the whole thing, just the uh, six months it's taken me. And that's, you know, being in here pretty much full time. I was at uh, my sister's house in uh, a separate little in-law apartment for a couple weeks. But other than that, I've been in the van the whole time. And I would think that this is pretty common. So if you're thinking about doing van life, I would, I would think that it's pretty common that it will take a while. I'm sure everybody's different, but I think that it's, yeah, it's, it's an, it's a, you have to ease into it or not ease into it, but your mind has to ease into it. You jump into it. Your mind follows slowly. So how did it get here and why van life at 55 years old? I worked two jobs, two full-time jobs for 40 years. Now I didn't work the whole time. I didn't work two two full-time jobs, but for the for some of the time I did, a lot of the time I did actually. And then since 2016, 2015, 2016, I have worked full-time two two jobs. Um, so about I was working like about minimum 60 hours a week, minimum. And I was like on this hamster wheel of hell, I called it, you know, I'm sure everybody else calls it that too. It's not like, yeah, I didn't come up with that. Um, But I was on the hamster wheel of hell and I was so busy that if a friend wanted to see me, I would look at my calendar and I would say, okay, I can see you on Tuesday, March 23rd at 4 p.m. for an hour. And I, that's how my life was. And my calendar was just like completely full. It was just full. And yeah, it was not, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And I didn't get it. Uh, I got it, but I didn't get it. Like I knew, but I couldn't stop. And the more that I did, the more that I had to do. And anyway, it just, it just, it was just, it was just never ending. It just kept going and going and going. And, um, my weekends I worked. Um, yeah, so it was hell. It was really, really bad. Uh, I worked to live and I worked to travel and to afford my $10,000 a month overhead. Yes, that was my overhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my business. I had my own businesses, like two, two businesses and rent for one of them. Uh, one of them was a brick and mortar and my own rent, uh, California rent, and uh, really expensive. So everything in California is inflated. So like, for example, breakfast for two people without alcohol, um, I just like a, you know, mom and pop breakfast was $55. And that that's in my neighborhood where I lived. And uh dinner for one person was 60, usually about $60. So, and yes, yes, yes. I could totally eat cheaper. I could eat, you know, junk food or fast food, but I am not, maybe I'm a little too bougie for that, but I don't eat that. I eat organic or I ate organic. Now I eat whatever. (laughs) Now I don't eat organic, but I did eat organic and I ate, I ate really well. I'm not saying that I, you know, this is not like sushi. This is just 
good good food. So most of the time I cooked. However, my market that was the closest market to me, and since I worked all the time, I had to do things that were easy and go to the closest market uh, whenever I could was for one week of food, one person, $250. And that was about two grocery bags of food. So you can figure out that that's, you know, why that I, you know, was $10,000 a month overhead. Um, I went to the chiropractor normally. And of course, everything, haircut, car wash, everything is, is inflated. So my car wash for the cheapest car wash in my area was $60. And I saw the other day a car wash for $6. And I was like, what? Really? That exists? So, you know, it just gives you a, a kind of a, an example of why things were so expensive. Now, I did live in the most expensive area in Northern California. I lived in Marin County, which is like the Bel Air of Northern California. And it is definitely more expensive than anywhere else. And it is also really beautiful with hiking paths and, and you know, close to the ocean and just absolutely gorgeous. And I, and the great weather and I loved it. I, I loved, I had two trailheads out, you know, one out one side of my, you know, the back of my place and one the front of my place. So it was, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, was it worth $10,000 a month overhead and working uh, 60 plus hours a week? No, no, it was not. Cause I hardly ever got to enjoy it. So there you go. Um, when I started finally earning, cause I, I didn't earn for a while in life as happens to people. Um, I started finally earning six figures and I was very excited and proud of myself. And uh, shortly thereafter, um, number 45 uh, changed the, the taxes and my tax bracket changed. And I, you know, the, uh, the middle class was really burdened with taxes now so that the rich don't have to pay them. And so I ended up in the 50% tax bracket. And so 50% of my income went to the IRS. And I am not the person who uh, earns under the table and, um, and tries to get away with stuff. So I paid 50% of my net, not my gross, my net to the IRS. And that left me with uh, not a lot. And what I had, I used to travel but I couldn't ever get a leg up. I couldn't save enough to really do anything. And I think most people are like that or hand to mouth anyway. I wasn't hand to mouth, but I, you know, I have been many times in my life. I have been. So I, I couldn't very barely, I couldn't barely save and everything I had um, saved. I did spend on travel. Okay. I'm repeating myself. Apologies. And then COVID happened. <laughs> And when COVID happened, I didn't work for three months. And I realized that I could live on a third of what I had been living on if I didn't have this huge overhead, if I didn't go to the chiropractor, if I didn't have to pay my office rent and all my office bills, which were really, really high. And I was really, I was like, what? This is really cool. Let's explore this. And I realized that in order to have the life that I wanted, which was this life that I had experienced during the three months that I wasn't working, that I would have to leave California or I would have to move north. That was my first thought. So 
I was in a relationship and I was very, very happy and very much in love. And I said to my part, my partner and I did not live together. And I said to them, they were an out 40 minutes north of me. And I said to them, I would like to, you know, stop, basically stop working one of my jobs, my day job, my, um, my breadwinning job, the one that was earning me so much money. And, and I, I was not happy there anymore. I was not happy doing this career anymore. And I said, I would like to stop doing this career and move closer to you. And you are my number one priority. And I, I want to be close to you. So I am willing to, you know, give up my apartment. I had a really, really nice apartment. I rented, didn't, never, I've never owned and move close to you. And they freaked out and asked me for asked me for a six month um, break until I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. And so I, um, I told them to F off. Uh, I'm still not over it. Weirdly, that could be a whole nother podcast, but it's been like 19, almost 20 months. So, you know, in June, it'll be two years. And I'm still like, my heart is just shattered. And I, I realize because I, I do go to therapy, I realized that it's because this person presented as presented one way and they were not that way. They were completely duplicitous. And then they just fully abandoned me, just, just full on abandonment, just kicked me the curb. And when I went back and tried to be friends with them, because I said, I'd like a year, no contact. And then I'd like to try to be friends. And they said, okay. And they just ghosted me. So and I, I realize now that they're just doing that to hurt me uh, because I hurt them, but it's just mean. It's just mean and, and, and hurtful and awful. And um, yeah. So anyway, moving on. So when I was trying to figure out what to do, I realized that, you know, when I realized I wasn't going to move up north with them or near them, not with them that my options were a tiny home, which I'd always wanted, been obsessing over tiny homes for years and years and years, uh, a van, an RV, or I, I, prior when I thought maybe I could move near near my, my now ex-partner, I had looked into buying a, a property and I did get approved for a loan. So I had all of these options. I wrote them all down because I'm a planner. So I wrote them down, all these options, and then I went through each one and wrote the pros and cons of each one. And I, I won't go into each, all of that because it would take another half an hour. But eventually I decided on the van because I thought, well, I can live anywhere in the United States except for California, but I can't go visit all these cool places that I've never been to to see where I might want to live. So why don't I choose the van? And then that way I can stealth camp and boondock, which is sleeping, you know, on this, on, in a residential area or just sleeping anywhere you don't have to pay for and go all over the country and see there's, they had a bunch of places on my list that I was really interested in maybe living like Savannah, Georgia was on my list and a few other places. And I thought, well, I might as well go visit these places in the van. And so that's why I chose the van. So yeah, there was something else I was going to mention, but I can't remember what it was, whatever. So I found my van builders on Craigslist. When I finally made the decision, I looked on Craigslist. I did find used vans that were already converted or were built uh, as camper vans. 
and I did call about them. All of them went in less than 24 hours. They were sold. I didn't get to to go see any of the ones that were already converted where there were already camper vans, but I did get to test drive ones that were not converted yet. So the Ram ProMaster, the, um, the Ford Transit. And so I test drove vans and I hired my van builders because they were the least expensive that I could find and they were new and they were willing to work with me like piecemeal. So at first I thought, well, I'll just get them to do the cabinets. And, and then I realized that was stupid, but you know, I was like, oh, I can afford that for the cabinets. You know, it just seemed like easier to wrap my head around a smaller amount of money obviously. So I did hire them and I signed a contract with them and I gave them a a deposit. And then I was still looking for a van. It took me, let's see, from June to November to find the van. And I am, I'm not a person who usually jumps on things really quickly. I just usually don't. So I test drove and test drove and test drove. And I I won't go through that, the whole story of how I chose this van, because that also is another like half an hour story. But, but I'll just say that I ended up with a Nissan NV 2500. Thanks, Vance. And I, when I found this van, that's also another long story. um, Somebody had wanted it and they were about to buy it or they, they went in to buy it. And so the guy was going to test drive it. And the guy was like, sorry, it's already been sold. And then five hours later, the deal fell through. And so I rushed down to Nissan, test drove it and bought it. For somebody who doesn't jump at things, that's what I did because the vans were going in less than 24 hours. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I couldn't keep waiting. So my van builders like, we're going to start building soon. So that's what happened. I was looking for a van that was tall. That was the number one. And so this van is uh, six, six feet, six, one a person can stand in here. I'm five, two. So that works out. And then I was looking for a van that, wait, what was the other thing? Oh, low gas mileage. And this had 19,000 miles. So it is used. It's 2015, um, but it had 19,000 miles. It has a lot more now. I think 38 now. No, 36, something like that. So six months, yes. So I, uh, no, 32. It's got 32 right now. Anyway, so I jumped on it. I bought the van and I worked my butt off at my job like and didn't go out and didn't spend any money and started getting rid of things. And I worked my butt off for a year. I did this. uh, I made the, the decision a little over a year. So it was in June and I didn't leave until the next, uh, September. So September, 2021 made the decision in June, 2020. So I worked, worked, worked and had to pay the conversion in cash. There are some van builders that let you finance the conversion and the van, which is cool. My van builders did not, which was great because I'm glad I don't have payments now, but I did have two very high car payments for a year. And that was brutal. It it was like, it was like rent. Um, It was as much as my rent. So that actually, it was not quite as much as my rent, but almost. So that was not fun. That was bad. And, but I did it. 
And I paid those for a year. And then when I went to sell my car that I had, that I was still paying on, I didn't had didn't own it yet. It was selling for more than I bought it for because of the chip shortage. And so I sold it for obviously more than I bought it for. And I was able to pay off the van because my car, I had bought it new and, and had had it for just a couple of years. And it was I mean, it wasn't like high end. It was Subaru. Uh, it was a nice car. And then my van was used. And so it, it totally paid. Yeah, totally paid for the van. So it was awesome. So then I had like a couple months where I sold uh, all the rest of my things that I could sell. I gave away everything that I couldn't sell and or not everything, most things. And then I had a very small amount that I put in storage which now seems like too much because it is too much. Even a small amount is too much. And uh, then I jumped in the van and with my pooch and I left. And yeah, that, that's, I, I went to Descend on Bend was my first, my first van gathering. And my fir- the first thing I did in my van, I didn't like it. But anyway, I met an amazing person there and her and I are really, really good friends now. And we've traveled quite a bit together. And that is a different story for a different time. But I will cover all sorts of things Uh, in the future. I'd like to talk about community, how to find it, loneliness on the road, and how I'm not exempt from it and what I have done. And I have a list. It's not in front of me. You'd think that I'd have it in front of me, but no, I do not. So I cannot tell you all of the things that I'm going to talk about, but safety, uh, what I'm doing for Wi-Fi, which was a huge deal, enormous deal. And I, it took me it took me five months, four or five months to figure out my Wi-Fi. I didn't have Wi-Fi. I didn't have any cell service or Wi-Fi for a long time. I didn't have any lights in anyway that's a whole nother story i've had a lot of things go wrong but i won't go into that now so hopefully you'll keep listening and thank you thank you thank you for being here i appreciate every single person that's watching this or listening to this if you liked what you heard please 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 subscribe follow like it and uh if you can leave a review um a podcast review would be awesome because then more people will find it and blah 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 you know the drill so if you want to and i would love it if you just would follow me on instagram just one thing follow me on instagram and my instagram is my unknown adventure the podcast is unknown adventure a n long 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 story why my instagram is not i do it was but there's a long story i had to change it so anyway <laughs> my instagram is my unknown adventure one more time and i i just appreciate you and i really i'm really really glad that i'm finally able to do this again it was a uh, it was a long road i had to take a hiatus and i'm really yeah it's important burnout is a real thing for me and it's important that i don't burn out so there you have it thank you thank you thank you for being here and i hope everybody has a great day or morning or night or whatever time it is where you are just have a fantastic fantastic bye <laughs>